Welcome back, everybody. It's good to have you here. It's good to be back. It's kind of strange to uh, have the show to myself again. This is not going to be um, an interview. This is just me today. It's the first time I've gone solo since I started doing the interviews. I hope you guys are enjoying it. Um, it definitely takes some of the pressure off of me because I can just respond to people. I don't have to come up with content, which is nice. It's also fun to just have conversations instead of um, having to prepare uh, a bunch of stuff. It's more spontaneous, and I do enjoy that. Uh, the downside is that I don't get as much practice talking, which means that after 20, 30 minutes of listening to somebody, I have to now sound intelligent, and I'm not warmed up, ready to go. So that was an unexpected struggle. Um, I've been enjoying it, though. There's some things that I want to elaborate on, some some concepts that have come up that I want to go into more detail about, um, or I just didn't get a chance to really talk about the way I wanted to, and also some stuff that's just been on my mind. Before I do that, if you guys are interested, I have a second show out, which is why my voice is like ever so slightly hoarse. I just got done recording that. Um, it is it is different. It is totally separate from this. Um, you don't have to go check it out if you don't want to, but it is it is a Bible study based thing. Um, if you guys are at all curious about that, if you're religious or if you're just interested in what it might be like to hear me give a sermon, um, go check that out. It's called Lamp of the Body. Uh, it is also on Spotify and YouTube. Um, but it's pretty new. I've only got a couple episodes in, but I am enjoying doing it. And I think it's starting to get slightly better. So I'll go ahead and advertise that. But that being said, let's go ahead and get into what we're going to talk about today. And this might shock you, um, but we're going to talk a little bit about emotions <laughs> and how we need to master them. But we're, we're, there's a fresh perspective, I promise. So... One of the things that you kind of need to know as an adult, as a person in the world, is that everybody wants something from you. Everybody's trying to control you. Everybody's trying to get something from you. Now, it's not necessarily diabolical. It's not necessarily like everyone's out to get you. But like in some sense, we are all we are all negotiating with each other. We are all manipulating each other. And again, not necessarily in like a diabolical way. Um, Sometimes it's subtle ways, and sometimes it's not even bad. Sometimes it's for our own good. The problem is that the reason that we can be influenced in these ways um, is that there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on under the hood, so to speak. There's a lot of stuff going on unconsciously that we're just not aware of. Part of the spiritual path, part of the the self improvement path, which is why you guys are here. You're all interested in self improvement, right? Like you don't get some, you don't get on to the show to listen to me rant and rave about my philosophies of life as a 27-year-old, you get on here to listen about self-improvement because I'm actively involved in the self-improvement process. I'm talking to other people that are involved in it. I research it, talk about it, I digest it, I give you guys my opinion, I give you guys the opinions of experts. That's why we're all here. We want to get better. We want to be, we want to be better, right? We want to be the best versions of ourselves that we can. However, we are we're working against a lot right we are we are unintegrated people we are we we have a lot of different aspects to our personalities to ourselves right like the spirit the body the different parts of the unconscious like they're they're not necessarily diametrically opposed to one another but they are working um towards slightly different ends and with different strategies so a lot of the spiritual path um is learning to integrate those parts of ourselves like the shadow work for example that's getting down there and understanding why do I want the things I do? Why do I move in the directions that I do? Why do I 
feel drawn towards certain things and repulsed by others. Because it's easy to go around and just say, well, that person's bad. That's why I don't like them. It's like, well, no, that's not true. You're not reacting to that person. You're reacting to how you feel about that person. And how you feel about that person is very subjective. That's your internal experience because there's other people that feel totally different, right? It's not the person. It's how you perceive them. It's how you, it's how you process that information. And so the more that we can bring our awareness to that internal process, and this is a, this is a habit that you have to do. I know the show is Psychology Hacks. It's about like tricks and, and shortcuts. This is, in a sense, a shortcut, but it's a shortcut that requires work. It's not, it's not an easy jump, but it is, it is the correct way to make the jump. It is the correct way to make this improvement. Because if you just get something, like if you take a pill for something to feel better, it's like, yeah, you feel better for a little while, then you become dependent on that pill and there's side effects. And of course, you eventually become you know, immune to it. It doesn't affect you anymore. It's like you haven't fixed the problem. You're just numbing yourself. You're just, um, you're, you're putting a bandaid on the issue. Right. And you're not really solving the, the underlying problems. Same thing with this. You've got to actually go through the process of healing yourself psychologically and spiritually. And there's a lot of different aspects to that. But the simplest thing that I can give you, and this is, I, I wish I could explain how profound of an impact this has had on my life in the last six months, last, last few years, period, but especially the last couple months, just taking the time to say, Every time you interact with somebody, as often as you can, obviously there's there's practical um, necessities, but as often as you can, ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Why is why am I reacting to this way? Why do I think of this person in this way? Right? It goes from just saying, okay, I want to control the perception. Like that's important. Like the reframing side of thing, um, which we talked about. I talked about that a lot last year. Like you're going through something bad, and you can understand that. Hey. This is not actually a bad situation. My perception of it is that it's bad, right? I've got a popcorn kernel stuck in my tooth. And it's going to drive me absolutely insane. It was there for the last episode, too. I should have fixed that. Anyway, total side note. <clears throat> Back to serious stuff. Let's say that you're going through a negative situation, okay? It doesn't have to be a negative situation. Well, somebody hit me with their car. Okay, yeah, that sucks. Like <laughs> that, like there's obviously some pain in there. There's some inconvenience. There's 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 negative elements to it. But how you choose to perceive it is totally up to you. Because for some people, and I'm not saying that this is like an easy thing to do. That this is something that you just oh, we just think positive and it's all better. No, like it is more complicated than that. But one part of the turning things around and you know bringing you know your giving yourself a sense of power and in, in actual and actual power in your life is learning to say, okay, this happened to me. I can't do anything about the fact that it happened. I can, however, control how I interpret it. I choose to interpret this as something good. So let's find the silver lining. Well, you know, maybe it forced me to pay more attention to my health. Maybe it forced me to find out who my friends really are. It maybe brought me closer to my family. Maybe it's an excellent opportunity to practice forgiveness because that's very difficult. Maybe, you know, maybe it may force me to spend time alone. Like anything, you, you get the point. Now, if you're going through something negative like that and you're in a negative emotional state, it doesn't matter how much people tell you, oh, well, there's positive stuff here. It doesn't matter how much you tell yourself, oh, look at all the positive stuff. You need to start shifting yourself into a positive emotional state. Otherwise, those positive thoughts will not resonate with you, and you're going to go right back to the to the negative stuff. 
So stuff like that, that can help you shift out of those negative states, things like body language, things like taking control of how am I breathing? How am I standing? What kind of negative thought or what kind of thoughts am I giving energy to? If you start focusing your energy on something good, on something positive, on something productive, and you, in conjunction with that, start to use your body in a more confident, more assertive, more um, happy way. And that could be something as simple as I'm going to choose to laugh at this because that will release endorphins. You will feel slightly better. I'm going to choose to smile at this. I'm going to choose to carry myself physically as somebody who is confident, who is relaxed, who is happy, who is, you know, secure in a good place. That by itself is not going to fix it. But I've, I've talked about this before. It gives you enough of, um, of, a, of a window, right? Because it takes some of the pressure off. It takes emotional pressure off. So now you can really sink into those positive thoughts. Okay. Got that out of the way. I just wanted to reiterate it. That's something that we talked about on here a lot. We'll talk about it again. But <clears throat> so the reframing side of things is important. But the next step to that, I think, um, at least for me, and, and I mean, maybe not for everybody, but at least consider this and at least listen to what I have to say. Um, the next step to, to taking responsibility for how you frame things, for how you perceive them, is to also turn around and say, why do I have the reactions that I do in the first place? Wealth of information in there. The self-knowledge that comes out of that is truly phenomenal. Can't even, can't even tell you. Because you start to understand, like, and it's like you can't articulate everything. You're not going to be able to say, well, this happened to me when I was six years old. My mom left me. It's like, no, like you're probably not going to pick up on that. What you'll start to notice, though, is that you're like, why did I do that? Or, or why do I not like this person? And if you really pay attention, you might realize, well, I'm just super anxious, actually. Right? Or I'm afraid. Um, well, same thing. But, you know, or actually, like, I, I, they're distracting me from something that I want. They're making me uncomfortable. Why? And I was like, well, maybe, maybe it's because they're holding a mirror up to me. Maybe it's because they make me feel bad about myself because I feel like I have less of them. And I'm afraid that I'm worth less than them because of that. Whatever it is, when you turn that attention away from the situations in the outside world, you turn it to the in internal stuff and you start asking yourself, where is this coming from? I made this decision and I thought that it was the right decision to make, but why? Why did it feel right? Why did it resonate? I look back and I realized, that was just pride. That was just fear. That was just desire. That was just lust. Sometimes it was greed. It was insecurity. It was whatever. Now that insecurity is at the root of everything. Um, new agers, new age spiritualists, uh, those, you know, quacks. <laughs> well, not, not, to, not to say anything negative about people, but, you know, people will say like, oh, that's your own insecurity. It's your own insecurity. I'm so tired. I'm so tired of, you know, people... I can't say all women, but the women that I seem to interact with, like, oh, that's your insecurity. Like, not everything's my insecurity. Some of it's the stuff that you're doing that's making me feel like I just don't like you. Um, you know, my insecurity is not the root of everything. However, it's probably at the root of most things, right? Like, the, it's it's a good portion of it. It's a, it's a sizable um, amount of my suffering is my own insecurity, right? There's some things that happen to me that I'm like, yeah, that's not okay. But by and large, those things would not happen to me, um, at least not so much, if I was not doing things to bring them about, right? And the, thing, the reasons that I usually bring that stuff about comes from my fear of being um, not valued, from being alone, whatever else it is. So <clears throat> what I'm driving at here, one, practice this. Two, one of the things that I've learned recently from doing this is 
and this isn't something new and profound to say per, in and of itself, but I've learned it at a much deeper level. And I want to reiterate it to you and I invite you to, to contemplate this on a deeper level is the understanding that when you start to tune into the emotions that drive your decisions, you start to realize why your life is so screwed up. <laughs> because you realize that like you think that you're making intelligent decisions and you're really not. Like it's at the core of that was an emotion. At the, core of the, at the bottom of it was a feeling, something that compelled you to act in that way that made it seem like a good decision to make or a good direction to go in. When in reality, that's not what it was at all. It was just your inclinations. It was maybe it was the insecurity. Maybe it was the fear. Maybe it was the greed. Maybe it was the pride. Maybe whatever it was. But there's stuff that's, that's driving us that's unconscious. And I said this in the other show. Um, we use that word unconscious so much that we kind of forget what it means. It means we don't freaking know what it is. We, we're not aware of it. We don't see it, right? When you have a dream, who's in your dream? You. Nobody else. There's another person in my dream. I was communicating with the spirit. Probably not. You're probably communicating with your unconscious, right? Uh, I'm not saying that you, spirits don't communicate with you in dreams, but by and large, it's yourself. Um, my opinion, whatever. Um, that being said, so it's like you're being chased by a monster in your dream. I had one last night. I was being chased by wolves. And then I got away from the wolves. And then we, we, we turned back to fight them. Like when we were inside a barn, I picked up a pitchfork. It's like, all right, come on. I started making noises to get the wolves to come in. And then a, a giant attacked me from behind. Turn around. I grabbed one of my friends. She got snatched up immediately. It's me and one other dude. He, like, takes a sword out. I don't know where he got the sword in the barn. But, like, he was, like, trying to get at it. Pitchfork was longer, so I stabbed the, the giant's hand. And then the, my friend started yelling at me, heavy metals are poisonous. Heavy metals are toxic. They're bad for you. And then the monster or the giant grabbed both of us. And I was like being picked up and thrown into space. I was like, that was weird. And I woke up. I was like, that was weird. And then I went back to sleep and I had another dream. And then I talked to somebody else and they looked at me and said, heavy metals are the planets. And I woke back up and I was like, oh, Okay, so the, the 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 heavy metals, because I was thinking like the the giant was covered in lead. I was like, oh, okay, so that's Saturn, because it's because the 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 metal associated with, uh, with with Saturn is lead. So this is a commentary on you know that force, that energy, that alchemical principle, um, weighing me down or you know being uh, having a destructive influence in my life. And I woke up and I was like, okay, that makes perfect sense, right? And I won't get too far into it. But it's like, what was that really? That was my brain making weird associations and telling a very elaborate story that made sense in the dream and then made sense in the context of like my view of life and the particular um, information that I have available in a very dramatized and stylized way, right? But at the end of the day, that's my brain. That's me. Like there's no giant there. There's no pitchfork. That's my brain and my brain. That's me attacking myself, right? So what is going on with all this, right? What is what is happening with all of this? Um, it's really interesting, right? Dream interpretation is, is in general, excuse me, pretty interesting. Um, I'm still curious about the pitchfork. I feel like that has some significance. But no, no, no. Um, yeah, when you dream, like these, um, these emotions that are that are driving us, we're... We're, re we're responding to things as we perceive them, and they're creating a certain, like, we encounter somebody, and it will trigger associative memories from long, 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 long time ago, from well before uh, we have any real recollection. And they're just these kind of, like, 
it's like a mass of just understanding. You're not going to, like I said earlier, you're not going to be able to articulate everything. But when you encounter people and you ask yourself, what am I actually feeling right now? Why am I making these decisions? You'll start to have weird stuff come up. You start to have a like this kind of abstract sense of fear, of anger, of whatever else. And fear and anger are particularly interesting. Um, that's one thing I want to hit on is that anger serves a purpose. Fear serves a purpose. All these negative, quote unquote, emotions, they serve a purpose. They're there for a reason. We don't like them. We, we try to get away from them. I talked about this, I think like two years ago when I was getting really into the, 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 the depression side of things. It's like, look, depression has a purpose to it. Trying to numb yourself, trying to escape it is not dealing with the problem. And there is a problem. There's a very real reason that you feel this way. There's, a, there's, a, there's something causing this. And your brain is saying, I don't like this. Get away from it. In my way, it, it can't communicate directly and say, this is bad for me. It's going to communicate by making you feel bad, right? So it makes you depressed. Same thing with anxiety, same thing with fear, whatever, right? Um, you know, or maybe you have a dream, like what I said, it's like heavy metals are, are toxic. What does that mean? Like, well, to me, it means something, right? Because it refers to, it refers to um, you know, that, that's, that sense of like alchemical um, connection, which to me communicates something that might not make any sense to somebody else. And I'm sure that that dream sounds bizarre. And it was very bizarre to me. But when I woke up and I had the second dream or is being interpreted, it's like, well, that's my brain telling me what my brain is saying. So in this sense, anger, I know I'm rambling, anger makes sense. Okay. Anger is there as a motivator. It's there to get you to get up and do something to scare. It gives you strength. It gives you like artificial courage, right? It's the original alcohol. It's, it's, the, it's the caveman's alcohol before they had alcohol. Um, I think all they had back then was like shrooms and I don't know, maybe like, maybe they fermented like elephant urine or something. I don't know. Or the ergot. I, I don't know. They, 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 before they had liquid courage, they had chemical courage. We'll, we'll put it that way. Um, so, so anger, like, let's say you're fighting for survival. Your, your species is fighting for survival. You're personally fighting for survival. Somebody bigger and stronger than you is taking you know, your, your little berry bush that you found. It's the only berry bush that you can, that, that you have access to. You can't find any more food and this bigger person is eating it. Well, I shouldn't fight this person. They're bigger than me. They can hurt me, blah, blah, blah. I'm scared, right? Like you have a natural fear that tells you, don't fight that guy. Bad idea, right? But if you only live in fear, if fear is the only emotion that you have, you're kind of screwed because you're not going to make uh, courageous decisions. You're not going to go out there and pursue things because you're gonna be too scared all the time. So as an override to fear, you have anger. It's like, hold on a second, those are my freaking berries. And you wanna get mad, you wanna go fight this caveman, right? Or maybe they're messing with your little, your cave kids, your cave children, your cave woman or husband, depending on you know your cave preferences. No, I'm not even gonna say it like that. Um, I'm not feeding into that nonsense. But no, like you, you've got this stuff where it's like you have this situation where you are afraid, but the anger gives you the energy that you need to overcome it, right? So it makes sense that fear and anger go hand in hand. And the point that I'm getting at here, like, yes, it serves a biological function. Most of the time, I thought this was interesting. Most of the time when you feel anger, if you really pay attention to it and you follow it back to a source, it comes from fear because it's something that is scaring you. 
And as a reaction, because you don't like to feel afraid, you want to feel like you have power, you want to feel like you're in control, your unconscious reaction is to make you angry, right? And this has been a very like empowering thing for me to realize. And I kind of have touched on it before. I didn't, I, I couldn't articulate why I felt this way until like today, <laughs> until recently. It kind of, I, I was thinking about it earlier, but the idea that when you, if, if you really trace your emotions, your negative emotions, and the, especially the reactions that you have to other people back to their source, and you understand that this is actually coming from something that's screwing with my head on a deeper level, it doesn't mean that those people are not um, obnoxious. It doesn't mean that they're, that they're good people. It doesn't mean that they're, they're someone that you want to invest time and energy into, but it helps you to be a lot more peaceful with yourself. It helps you to come to a place where you are not as bothered by the world when you start to understand that, like, I'm mad that this person cut me off in traffic, right? It's like, why? Like, well, I'm really stressed. I want to get to work on time. I'm scared I'm going to get fired. And it's like, you don't think of that. You don't think about, like, how terrified you are of people looking at you badly and negative or how, like, how scared you are of being, um, of feeling like you don't have any control in this world. And it's like, you're reacting against that fear with anger. It's like, it's so, it's so fast that like you can't even pick up on it. And I'm not saying that that's the only reason you get angry. I'm saying that it's a large part of why we get mad at each other though. You look at like politics, for example, you look at people that's just screaming and screeching and squealing at each other. It's like, why? Why are you this upset with each other? It's like, it doesn't make any logical sense. You should not be talking in this way, but it's not a logical argument. It's an emotional argument. And that takes me on to my next point, which is basically, um, and this this applies to life in general, but it, I'll use like I use the the media um, as an example, just because they are very political. Water first. I'm not sure these back to back episodes are the way to go, man. My mouth is dry. Um. So, and I have a funny. I have a. I have a. I have a interesting. Um, way of illustrating this because I'll hang tight for a second. But so the let's look at like a news outlet, for example. They they want you to be in an emotional state. And like it's kind of a buzz thing to say this. It's like if anybody still watches the news, I don't know why, honestly, but they want you to be in an emotional state because the emotional side of your brain cannot think far ahead into the future. I think it's like five seconds or something like that. The emotional brain can see a couple seconds into the future. It can plan for the short term. It cannot plan for the long term. So for example, if you're in a fight with your girlfriend and you're really, really, really mad, that's not a good time to make a long-term decision, right? But that is not a time to say, should I go cheat on this person? It's not a good time to say, should I go rob this guy? It's not, it's not, a, good per it's not a good time to make any important long-term decisions. Um, because you're, you're overwhelmed with emotion. You can't think that far ahead. You're, you're operating from the emotional center in your brain, which means that you are tuning out a large part of your, your cognitive, um, ability, right? You're, you're, you're putting yourself in a short-term mindset. Same thing. If you're, you know, like, why do people make stupid decisions when they're in love? I don't know. I I've heard that people do that though, but from what I'm told, never, never been through that myself. I've never made a bad decision because of a woman ever. Um, but I have friends who have, and it is quite distressing to watch them go through that. Um, cause they just think, Oh, this will be fine. And they go do stupid stuff and it doesn't work out. And it's like, why? It was like, in hindsight, you can look back and say that was dumb. 
but you can't think ahead when you're in an emotionally charged state. That's why I so like, for example, turn on the news, it's always hair on fire. It's always, oh my goodness, this happened today on the other side of the world. It's never going to affect you. This is going on. So-and-so did this. Can you believe these people? The, the, the other side, they don't want you to have your whatever. I don't know. There's something. There's always something. And because they know that if they put you in that emotional state, they can control you. Incidentally, this is exactly how people manipulate you on a personal level. So if you, again, have friends who have been through toxic relationships, and it's like, how do they get manipulated? It's, it's through the emotions. It's people, they, they tune into your anger. They tune into the things, like whatever that the triggers are for you. Like maybe it's loneliness. Maybe it's lust. Maybe it's... um. Maybe it's like good stuff for a while. And then they start playing with the emotions. So you, you, they get you into this place where you can't logically think anymore. It's like if you were to step back and separate the emotion from the the, the, the practical, like, psh, I'm out of here, right? Um, which, by the way, if you are in a situation like that, a fantastic way to gauge whether or not it's a good thing for you. If you're confused about this, if you're like, I don't know if I'm being gaslighted. You should go talk to other people. If you're embarrassed to tell your family and your friends about what's actually happening to you, and it's like part of you knows that it's wrong, right? If you're embarrassed to say that's the people, if you tell your normal day-to-day -day stuff to friends and family, and they're like, yeah, get out of there. Don't do that. Why would you allow that? It's like, you should probably listen, right? Maybe take it with a grain of salt, depending on who you're talking to. But by and large, they have the objective viewpoint of it, and you will too one day. Um, but right now, you can't make those good long-term decisions. You can't even process that stuff because you're thinking from your emotional brain. Now, all of this semi-ties together. I like to think so anyway. I like to think that I have some sense of cohesion here. The idea that if you start to identify why you react the way that you do to people and situations, and then you understand that when you're in those emotional states, your strategies for dealing with life shift a little bit. It's almost like separate realities, separate personalities take over and influence you to do things that you wouldn't otherwise do, right? Um, and it's, it's tricky. It is what it is. But you react, you do weird things. Now, let me tell you the story about that. This happened to me this, this weekend. I went to the lake. I went camping. It was a fantastic trip. I'm a very outdoorsy kind of person. I like to kayak. I like to swim in the, in the lakes and the rivers. I like camping. I've had some weird experiences recently of late years with camping in the deep woods by myself. So I prefer to use campsites now. In this particular case, um, yeah, there was a lot of people there. It wasn't super loud. There were some kids that were kind of obnoxious, but whatever. When the coyotes woke me up in the middle of the night, I was like, you know what? They're going to go for the kids first, so I'm safe. I went right back to sleep. Um, but yeah, in general, it was actually it was beautiful. It was a, it was it was perfect. Slightly chilly, but it was okay. I went kayaking, campsites around the water, and I look. I get done. I'm like, you know, what? I want to go swim. I want to swim in the water. And I look across the lake, and I see this big flat rock. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to swim to that rock. Bit of a hole. I'm going to be tired, but I can get there. I know I can get there. I might be exhausted. And I might not want to swim back, but I know I can get there. I'm going to stay out there. I'm going to get some sun, get some tan going on because I'm working on that Greek god aesthetic for a summer coming up. What is it, April? I've got like a month left. We're almost there. I just have to starve myself and we'll be good. So I set out. Go swim about halfway across the lake. 
start to get tired, right? Everything starts to burn, start to get a little bit winded. And of course, my imagination is going crazy. I won't get into the details of why. Snakes have been on my mind a lot lately, just symbolically, um, philosophically. I just like there's been a lot of snake imagery and like signs, like spiritually. I won't get into it. Just leave it at that. Just understand it's on it's on my brain. So I'm like, imagine like what if you know when I was a kid, I saw that the trailers for that movie Anaconda, and like this the giant anaconda comes out and kills people from the lakes. I've been terrified of water ever since. I love water, but I'm also like always imagining that there's a giant snake in there. I get to the shore about two years ago. I learned that water the snakes that the snakes that live in the water, I think I think it's copperhead. I think it's copperhead. That's what I was told. They they go underwater. I always thought that the snakes didn't go underwater, but I learned the hard way that that's not true. They they will rest on the the on the grounds like in the mud underneath the water. They'll chill. They don't need to have their head sticking up or anything. They'll they'll submerge. They'll swim under the water completely. They'll hang tight under there. I have pictures if you guys don't believe me because some people don't believe me. I have pictures. I'll post them on Instagram if you want. So I'm wading through the shallows like. Please don't let me step on a snake. Please, God, no snakes. I don't want to deal with the snakes. I'm terrified of the snakes. I feel like I'm surrounded by snakes. Every single step, I'm like, I'm going to step on a snake. There's no, I just, it's going to be okay. <clears throat> I'm almost to the rock. I'm wading through the shallows, and I reach out towards the rock, freaking out about snakes. And guess what? As I'm reaching for the freaking rock, I hear, <laughs> and I see it. And it comes up from behind the rock. And it's like rising up and it's like, I'm like, oh crap, Get, I'm getting out of here. I'm freaking out. I'm like having a, like I'm adrenaline rush, backpedaling, stumbling through the water, tripping over rocks, like worried I'm still, I'm going to step on other snakes. And I'm like splashing, trying to get away. Like, oh no, this thing's going to get me because my hand was like right there. And it keeps getting higher and higher and higher and higher, still hissing at me. And then the wings open up and I realize it's a goose. And I felt like an idiot. Now, geese piss, apparently. I learned that. Um, the Canadian geese, they have the black heads. So it's like it looked like a, the snakes that I grew up with. So, you know, and it's it's serpentine, serpentine, serpent, it's, it's serpentish. It's, it has a serpenty look to it, right? Out of the corner of the eye, when you're already in an emotion, like you're kind of freaked out, like thinking about snakes, and then you're in a fearful state, which I was, honestly. The unconscious brain freaks out and says that's a snake, right? Because it kind of it's it's similar enough to a snake that is probably dangerous. And it's not in this case. It was a goose sitting on her nest. And I we scared the crap out of each other, basically. And I thought it was kind of funny. I thought it was a wholesome moment once I settled down. It's like, oh, <laughs> two stupid animals scaring the crap out of each other. That was all right. Um, she was mad. She was so mad. But I got away. I was like, I, it was weird because I got away and like I apologized. I'm sorry. And she like flicked her head a little bit and like sat back down and everything was good. But yeah, no. The point of that story is to illustrate that when you are in an emotional state, when you are in a fearful state, you do stupid things. You react to things, right? You perceive things as being different than they actually are because it distorts reality, right? And that's... There's a million ways I could articulate that, but I had this happen recently. And I think that it's really valid to understand because especially, again, not to hate on the New Age spiritual movement, but to hate on the spiritual movement a little bit. 
they're really big and this is just becoming a, a trope in modern society so i might as well address it it's like you've got to you've got to focus on your intuition you've got to focus on manifesting you've got to focus on tuning in to your higher consciousness it's like your human consciousness is stupid you're dumb you're a, you're an unthinking animal that will run from a goose because you think it's a snake because it's how our brains work right so when you talk about tuning in and you're talking about uncovering stuff you've got to go through the shadow work first because if you don't resolve all of those fears that you picked up as a kid all the insecurities that you picked up from you know your last relationship from the car accident that you had from your mean boss at work that traumatized you from the actual evil people in the world that maybe really did traumatize you. Like if you don't resolve all of that stuff and you don't deal with the, the, the motivations that are driving you underneath without you being aware of them, which is impossible to completely do unless you're an enlightened being. And that's the, that's the goal, obviously. But it's like, as of right now, you as a dumb human who just says, I'm just going to sit and focus and just create my reality. No, you're not. You're going to fantasize you're going to create a mental construct of something that you would like to happen based off of things that you don't even understand um, that are acting upon you as motivators there's there's unconscious forces that are influencing you all the time right you got to start clearing that stuff away as much as possible and it's hard it's tough work that's why i'm saying like it's not easy to, to 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 learn to pull back and to question everything you do and everything you think and feel but you got to do it right and you don't have to do it all at once, okay? You need to start, though. You need to start making it a habit. Look, if it's too much for you, if you can't even get your head around, there's no way I want to do that. Say, okay, make a resolve that, like, at the end of every day or at the beginning of every day, maybe you do it with your journaling session. You say, I'm going to pick at least one thing that I reacted negatively to. Neg negatively to? Negatively. Did I say that right? I don't know. I feel like I said it wrong. Um, but if you, I'm going to pick something. Maybe somebody upset me, got in an argument, blah, 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 whatever it was. I'm going to pick something and I'm going to unravel it, right? I'm going to get down to the root and just do that one thing. That's a good place to start. You can do that consistently, right? You will be shocked by the level, like the, the, the depth that you get to. And it happens fast too, because once you start the snowball a little bit, it picks up speed and you're just going to be doing it without even understanding. Last point my computer's about to die and i can't plug it in because apple's stupid why can i not plug like there's there's one hole like for there should be more holes i don't understand like i can't put the i know how that sounds but like i can't plug the microphone in and the charger it won't let me that's really stupid um <laughs> okay last 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 two things we'll, we'll hit these very quickly because i'm on like eight percent if you guys have seen the new Doctor Strange movie, the second Doctor Strange movie, I don't know when you're going to hear this. This could be in 10 years, and it's like, well, there's 18 Doctor Stranges. Like, okay, the second Doctor Strange movie, as of time of recording, if you haven't seen it, it's semi-spoilers. Not really. Not, not, not really, but, like, kind of. Um, there's this great scene in it towards the end where he's being beaten down by all these demons, and they're just like, he can't get to the, to the he's trying to save the girl from, from, from the villain, whatever, I don't even remember the context, but like, he's trying to, he's trying to fight the last battle, and these demons are keeping him from doing it, there's these spirits that are, that are pulling him down, he's like, oh no, I can't do it, I'm not strong enough, blah, 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 I don't remember if it was a voice in his head, or somebody actually told him, but like, the, the message comes to him, I think it was, you are a master of the mystic arts, these are spirits, control them, use them, and it like clicks for him, he has this epiphany, he's like, oh, 
like I'm in control here. I have the power here. And he like pulls them in and like creates this little like demon cloak that he uses to fly up and take over and beat the bad guy, whatever. It's a very cool scene. The point of that though is what I want to 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 convey to you guys. I had a similar, I had I can't say I had a similar experience. I had an experience recently that was unsettling. And I was dealing with things that I thought were going to leave me with trauma. I was, I was, I was, I was, I was really dealing with something that happened. It was very serious, actually. And I'm not, I'm not trying to make jokes about it. But I, was, I couldn't sleep. And I was like, shoot, this is going to make me, like, this is going to be PTSD. There's no way around it. I don't know how to process this. Like, this is actually really bad. And I couldn't sleep for like a week. And then one day it just clicked for me at like three in the morning. It's like, hold on. This is my brain. Like, I'm going to torture myself and just, oh, no, I can't get out of this. I have to internalize it. I'm not saying just make the decision to not be traumatized by bad things. I am saying that if you, like, the fact that I was able to have that epiphany and that it just, it really did clear things away for me. I'm not saying that that's going to always happen or that I won't ever fail in that. I'm not saying that I've solved all my problems forever and I'll never be upset by anything. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that I had that one breakthrough moment. And the reason that this is relevant to you is that I've been doing this work for several years now. And I, I never could have like conceived the idea of just saying like, no, that doesn't bother me. And then it disappears. Like I, that would not have been a thought in my brain five years ago, 10 years ago, even maybe two years ago, but I wouldn't have been, I would have made, I would have believed you if you had told me I could do it, but I would have been like, yeah, no time soon. Like, I don't know how I'm going to do that. But the fact that at some point you start to, you, you embark on this journey and part of it was the emotional stuff, right? And I couldn't articulate this until more recently, but the idea of, of turning the microscope in on yourself and asking the questions and saying, like, why do I react this way? It brings such a, a deep level of personal awareness that you start to understand that most of the stuff going on in your head is just illusion. It's just nonsense. It's smoke and mirrors. It's not actually happening to you, right? And it's not happening to you. Like that thing that I was torturing myself about, it's like, it's a memory. I'm, I'm upset about the memory. It's not physically happening to me now. I'm upset about the memory of it. I'm like, that's stupid. I'm not doing that anymore. To get to that point took a lot of work, okay? I'm not saying it's like, oh, guys, I solved the problem. Like, no, it takes work. It, it takes practice. You have to go through the process. I'm explaining this as a sense of like, hey, you guys are on my personal improvement journey with me. Here's the last step that I made. Here's the most recent development. I thought it was really cool. I thought it was worth sharing. It, I, I hope that it provides a sense of like hope for people. Um, it's like, okay, like, yeah, this is possible. Cause I'm not, I'm just a normal guy. Like I really am. Like I, I promise you, I struggle with all this stuff as much as anybody else. Um, I'll get on an episode and be like, talk about like, you should never get angry at people. And then I'll get really mad the next day in traffic or whatever. Like you need to forgive people. And I'm like struggling sitting there like, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm no better off than you, but I'm doing the work I'm doing. I'm on the same path. Like we're all, that's the point We're we're doing our best here. Um, so yeah, keep doing your best. You guys are awesome. I really do love you guys. You are like the best group, um, the best fan base. Just remember this final parting words. It's okay to feel bad. Okay. When you start encountering these negative emotions, when you start dealing like processing, why do I feel this way? Understand that like it's going to be uncomfortable. Remember to take a step back and say, it's okay. It's fine if I get depressed. It's fine if negative stuff comes up. It's fine if fear and abandonment and loneliness, all this other crap rears its head and is like, 
at you, but you got away. You're like, it's all right. It's fine. You're going to go through that stuff. Get comfortable being uncomfortable. The biggest problems in life is in our society is that people think that they shouldn't be uncomfortable. I shouldn't be anxious. I need drugs. Screw you. You need to be uncomfortable. You should be anxious. You haven't overcome this fear yet. You need to learn to deal with your fear. I shouldn't be depressed. I need drugs. Like, yeah, okay, I got you. I don't want to be depressed either. But what's the underlying problem? I'm not saying you shouldn't take drugs if you're in a really dark place and you need help. But at the same time, you can't do just the drugs. You've got to do the, the, the deeper work to remove the problem as well. You can't take the antidote to poison while you're still drinking the poison and think that you're going to get any better. It's not how it works, right? If you need, like, yeah, take the antidote. I'm not saying don't necessarily. I'm just saying <clears throat> you've got to also fix the problem underneath that. I'm really stressed out. I, I actually have had several people um, recently talk to me about like, I'm really stressed out at work. Like, I think I should get a new job. It's like, no, like maybe you do need a new job, but it shouldn't be just because of the stress. I'm always stressed. I'm stressed all the time. I have learned ways to manage that stress though. And I'm generally pretty happy. I mean, it generally does not keep me up at night. It doesn't become unhealthy for me, right? Not always by, by, by any means, but you know, I'm generally not depressed anymore. I do get depressed sometimes, though. That's okay because there's stuff going on. There's reasons for it. If you run from the stuff, if you run from those negative emotions, then you run from the thing that you could use that's underneath it, the, the problem that you could solve, which would exponentially improve your life across all areas. So you've got to be willing to confront those demons and those monsters and face up to that stuff. You have to be willing to deal with adversity, to, to deal with this crap. Again, I'm not like minimizing mental health issues by any means, I promise you, because I've gone through a lot of them. Not all of them, but I've gone through a lot of them. I get it. That's why I do this show is because I understand what it's like to suffer. I get it. All right. Don't think that I'm just like saying, oh, you're weak and you shouldn't be able Like, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just trying to give you guys hope that, look, you don't have to believe what the world is telling you that you're just broken. It's like, well, you can take drugs or you can suffer. There's other options, okay? But they require you to put yourself out there. They require you to go through the fire a little bit, to walk over the coals, right? You'll be okay, though. Um, stay tuned. We got some more episodes coming up. I have some more guests on. If you guys are interested, hit me up on Instagram. Let me know who you would like me to reach out to, to do more interviews with, to do some collaborations, um, because I'm looking for people, and we've got the ball rolling on that, and I do like doing that. Um, I'll still throw in some individual stuff here and there and who knows maybe we'll go back to just me um maybe we'll go through phases I, I have no idea but if you guys have not already done so like and subscribe to the show um subscribe to me on youtube also and if like i said if you're interested in the religious side of things which you know you don't have to um but if you're if you're at all curious at least lamp of the body go check it out uh, but thank you guys for listening i appreciate it good luck